Hey, did did anyone see my? Oh, I I don't. Where did I leave it? Um. Uh oh. Oh no. I'm in. I'm in trouble here. Where did I leave? I don't know where my mask is. Oh my goodness. Did you see Joe Biden today in Georgia fumbling around looking for his mask anywhere and everywhere? And it ended up being in his pocket the whole entire time. The most popular president ever throughout American history. What a joke. Now, as I got to point out, as I was prepping for the program, I wasn't able to catch the whole town hall that was just on Fox News. It was called Red State Trailblazers, hosted by Laura Ingram, who I've said before I'm a massive fan of, had five Republican governors on there. And whether you agree with the Republicans or not on policy and values and, and what they believe, that's fine. But if you look at those states and how they handled COVID and how they didn't trample on the American people's freedoms and rights and liberties, you at least have to give them a little bit of credit. Governor Ron DeSantis, who hey, I'm, I'm locked in at this point in time. I've said before that my prediction for 2024, looking that far ahead, is that Ron DeSantis is going to be the vice presidential nominee with Donald Trump at the top of the ticket. If something goes, unless there's something big that occurs, that's my prediction. I'm locked in on that one. Uh, but anyway, I'm a huge fan of Governor DeSantis in Florida. You know, this is a guy that says COVID passports. Uh-uh. I don't think so. That ain't coming to my state. A guy that totally humiliated CBS uh, 60 Minutes, showing that for the partisan act that it really well and truly is. And by the way, we have news coming up shortly, actually momentarily, about CBS once again peddling and dabbling a little bit in fake news and how dishonest they really are. Anyway, so you had Governor Ron DeSantis there. Governor Greg Abbott, who's probably, if I had to choose, the second best governor in my estimation in this country, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, was there. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, and Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts. And like I said, uh, I, I would encourage you to go and check it out. But uh, those states right there, you talk about lessons in leadership as far as the governor of New York City, and that is about it. Andrew Cuomo and the book that he was writing, well, as he was as he was typing away, or probably had a ghostwriter write the book for him, as he was doing that and killing 15,000 New Yorkers, and by the way, I'm not sure we're ever going to get the real, true, accurate data behind how many New Yorkers actually died when it came to putting COVID-positive patients in a nursing home. Again, what a bonehead idea. Like Joe Biden said in 1983 about FDR wanting to pack the court. It was a bonehead idea. Yeah, well, Andrew Cuomo, Whitmer, Wolf, Pennsylvania, Newsom, California, Murphy, New Jersey, those idiot Democrat governors putting COVID-positive patients in the nursing homes. Yeah, it was a bonehead idea. Uh, but anyway, though, so like I said, disagree with them, agree with them. You have to give them credit for how they handled COVID. Now, CBS News, here's the poll, and, and I, I don't know why they thought that this would be a good idea. Now, back before social media was a thing, and you only had ABC, NBC, and CBS News, and that's where you could get your news from. Uh, you had 
uh, talk radio programs, which, by the way, conservatives still, I, I believe the best medium going is talk radio, but that's just you know, my humble opinion. You know, you had just those outlets. You didn't have sources. You know, we have fact checkers out there now. Well, the Washington Post isn't fact checking Joe Biden anymore. You know, so telling you, cementing that we're Democrats. We are partisan hacks and we are proud to be Democrats. So whatever Emperor Biden says, that's what goes. And remember, as far as Joe Biden says, we, I, Joe Biden, I, we are the government, he said last night. Do you understand how scary of a statement that is? Imagine, though, right? If Donald Trump had said, we are the government, you would hear nothing but outrage on all three of those stations, as well as fake propaganda news, CNN, MSDNC, and by the way, Joy Racist Reed, and that's what she is. She is a racist woman. Listen to the way, just, just watch some of the highlights of her uh, from last night and from today. The way she talks about Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, who I thought gave, gave one of the greatest speeches about bringing America together, about actual unity, Senator Tim Scott highlighted that. He went through it in depth. He went through the personal struggles that he's been through throughout his life. We have more news to come on Senator uh, Tim Scott throughout the program. But Joe Biden, and he, and he rightfully called Joe Biden out for saying that uh, Joe Biden promised us that he was going to unite the country. But Joe Biden's actions have done nothing but pull this country further apart. That's exactly what the mainstream media is doing. Joy Reid. Right, who referred to Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who was a black man, referred to him as Uncle Clarence. Well, uh, last night, after Tim Scott gave his uh, Republican response, and by the way, we were on the air when this was going down, I guess on the Twitter box, everyone, the liberals and the so-called progressives in this country were tweeting at Tim Scott and calling him Uncle Tim. So is that okay to do? Is it okay if Democrats are being racist? I thought it was those racist Republicans. You know, those Republicans who are a basket of deplorables, those ugly terrorists who cling to guns and religion and are bitter. No, it seems it's always what the Democrats, so this is the Democrat strategy. Democrat playbook 101. Always accused, and this comes from Saul Alinsky, as we've gone through on this program before, 13 Rules of Being a Radical, the person that Hillary Clinton listened to, Bill Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, all the prominent Democrats have read Saul Alinsky, 13 Rules of Being a Radical. I would encourage anyone to go look at that. Look at what Saul Alinsky um, highlights and says is the best way to get political uh, popularity and power throughout the country. That's what the Democrats do. But this is... Every single time, and, th and this is so proven to be true over and over again, whatever the Democrats are accusing Republicans of doing, saying you are doing this, you are colluding with, great example, you're colluding with Russia, says Hillary Clinton and the Democrat Party. Well, we went through a four-year hoax, a witch hunt, when it was proven that it was, oh, Hillary Clinton, who was colluding with the Russians to get Christopher Steele to write the Steele dossier with Russian disinformation and lies all throughout that. But yet the FBI runs with that 
and says, yep, this is verified, lies to a FISA court to get a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. And it went not only into the campaign, but it went into his presidency as well. Anything they accuse you of doing, that's what they themselves are doing. So anyway, in this uh, CBS News poll, though, here's the headline from it. Most viewers approve of Biden's speech. Uh, most viewers liked what President Biden's speech and what he had to say, and they came away feeling optimistic about America. Speech viewers described the president as presidential, caring, inspiring, and bold. I didn't see any of that. I saw dry dull, boring, stupid, old, fool, dummy, idiot, Green New Deal, liberal, socialist, clown, whack job, Joe, unity, Biden, lion, Biden. Oh, and by the way, we for almost forgot to proudly present one our countdown as we tick away the days in the Biden administration. We are, and by the way, this is what we have to survive. So as we, as we go through, as another day goes by, we're still here. We're still functioning just, we're still on a goal line, but we're, we, we're trying to move the ball back. We have 1,361 days left in the Biden presidency. And so CBS writes, history was made with two women seated behind the president during an address to Congress and a big majority, huge majority of those who watched felt very proud to say that. Now, if you look into, and by the way, the poll, uh, the supposed approval uh, rating of the poll was 85%, to the point where 85% was trending on the Twitter box. So, though, here's the part that you don't get, though. Among those who watched the speech, 54% of the people that completed this CBS News poll, 54%, over half of the people, identified as Democrats. What do you think Democrats are going to say about a Democrat giving a speech to Congress? Of course they're going to approve. And if not, and if, oh, if Schumer, if Charles E. gets a hold of it, or Nancy Pelosi gets a hold of that, oh, you are straight right out of the Democrat Party. Come on, you know that they all form one single line. It's like back when you were in school, right? All right, everyone, one single line, but one in front of the other. Well, that's what the Democrats do. Right now, we don't know who's running that single file line. It could be Susan Rice. It could be Kamala. I think probably Kamala Harris and, and Barack Hussein Obama. I mean, Barack Hussein Obama, right? Now, he is in the shadows and he is loving every second. He is controlling Joe Biden. Uh, so anyway, uh, the speech the speech watchers, 54% Democrat, 18% uh, Republican, 25% independent. Now, sis, this is this is fake news. This is and, and I go back to Rush Limbaugh, who would always say that polling and polls do not reflect public opinion. They are there to shape public opinion. He is dead on the money right. Why wouldn't we have, when there's a Democrat president, and, and it should go for a Republican president as well, why wouldn't you have 33% Democrat, 
33% Republican, 33 independent. You know, just because it's a Democrat, just give them give them the other uh, 34% there. Then that'll be it. We'll be we'll be good to go. That'll be fine with me. But they can't do that. They why do they have to make it 54% Democrat? Because CBS News is a Democrat operative partisan hack, so-called news organization. Because CBS News approved of what Joe Biden was saying and and how he was illustrating what would be the biggest expansion of the federal government in our life that we have ever seen. And uh, along with the Green New Deal and saying, you don't worry about a single thing because we, we the government, me, Biden, I'm going to pay for it. Never mind. Just quit asking where that money's going to come from. We just throw trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars at the American people now. Now, I've had enough of the speech, almost fell asleep through the thing. But I have to give credit to the New York Post today, which I've said before is my favorite newspaper. The New York Post editorial board today writing, quote, Senator Tim Scott delivers for the GOP and for the nation. They write kudos to Senator Tim Scott for his slam dunk response to Joe Biden's speech Wednesday night calling out the president's hypocrisy. And he did it with some killer lines, noting a president who promised to bring us together is pushing agendas that tear us apart, scoffing of the and scoffing of the refusal to negotiate on Biden's $2.3 trillion so-called infrastructure plan that Democrats won't even build bridges to build bridges. Scott was particularly effective on Biden's talk of systemic racism. And by the way, today... Kamala Harris, oh boy, she is out there agreeing with Senator Tim Scott. I'll get to that throughout the course of the program. Anyway, so he recounted his own experiences with discrimination, then declared, remember he said this, hear me clearly, America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different discrimination. Another way you could put that is you can't fight racism with reverse racism. Someone said that before. Anyway, he scored again by hitting Democrats' cynical lies about Georgia's voting reforms, warning that race is not a political weapon to sell every issue the way one side wants. New York Post writes, Q, the ugly progressive tweets about Uncle Tim. Slurs that expose the hateful bias on the left for any person of color who doesn't agree with them. In all, Scott did good not just for his party, but for the whole nation. The elevated stature he earned with his speech might even get Democrats to stop filibustering. Remember that filibuster is a relic of the Jim Correa, and it's so racist, says Joe Unity. And maybe they might stop filibustering. His police reform bill. Now, I want to do a little bit more in-depth um, analysis on Senator Tim Scott because I pointed out last night that he talked about this Chick-fil-A operator. But Fox News is out with a piece today how a Chick-fil-A manager changed Tim Scott's life. So when Senator Tim Scott was talking about this Chick-fil-A operator, this guy's name was John and it's M-O-N-I-Z. I'm going to go with Moniz. Moniz. Again, I apologize for names. I'm not the best at all. But anyway, so 
Monez, the Chick-fil-A operator, died suddenly of a heart attack in 1985. That was only when Tim Scott, he was only 19 at the time. Well, he owned a Chick-fil-A location at Northwoods Mall in North Charleston, where the now senator spent his childhood. He said, quote, Growing up, I never dreamed I'd be standing here tonight. When I was a kid, my parents divorced. My mother, my brother, and I moved in with my grandparents. There's three of us sharing one bedroom. I was disillusioned and angry, and I nearly failed out of school. He said he was blessed, though, with a praying mama and a mentor, a Chick-fil-A operator named John Monez, and a string of opportunities that are only possible here in America. Well, back in 2016, in an op-ed for the Post and the Courier, the local newspaper in Charleston, Scott described uh, Monez as an interesting man. He wrote he was a conservative. He was an entrepreneur. I remember I used to go down to the Chick-fil-A and get french fries all the time. One day he asked why I always bought just the french fries and not the Chick-fil-A sandwich. I told him that the fries were cheaper. Scott recalled one day when Monez bought a Chick-fil-A sandwich, brought it to the theater where Scott was working at the time, and he st uh, struck up a conversation with him. said the conversation would last years. Their talks included simple life lessons that uh, Munez, uh, Scott said for Munez were just, quote, profound. He taught me that if you want to receive, you have to first give. Embedded in that conversation, Scott says, I came to realize was the concept that my mother was teaching me about individual responsibility. John was simply saying that enlightened self-interest requires you to give first, and then the receiving part takes care of itself. Now, I didn't know this guy personally, but reading that, recanting what Senator Tim Scott says about him, uh, all the, I mean, think of that, if you want to, if you want to receive, you first have to give. How could that be a bad message at all? Sounds like a great guy if you ask me. Now, like I said, after uh, Senator Tim Scott talked about John Munez and his uh, 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 Republican response, well, this is what happened on Twitter, right? Twitter allowed, and how dare they, right? Now, imagine if this was a liberal, right? Oh, the account would have been blocked suspended indefinitely it would have caused a riot anyway tim uh twitter allowed a racial slur about senator tim scott calling him uncle tim uh to trend on its site for 12 hours uh the term began to trend late wednesday night after scott noted in his speech that he has been the subject of derogatory comments about his race because of his political views wasn't until 10 a.m this morning that the social media company Twitter stopped the attacks from appearing in its trends. Now, uh, Senator Tim Scott was earlier today on Fox and Friends and said, quote, you cannot step out of your lane according to the liberal elite left. Intolerance so often comes from the left with words like Uncle Tom and the N-word being used against me by the left. Oh, I, again, I thought, I thought those was the right wing. I thought those were the racist Republicans. Said last night, what was trending on social media was Uncle Tim. It's stunning in 2021 that those who speak about ending discrimination want to end it by more discrimination. Senator Tim Scott said the left has doubled down that they are going to not attack my policies, but they're literally attacking the color of my skin. 
Now, Vice President Harris today, agree, she was on uh, ABC with former Clinton guy George Stephanopoulos, how he can be ABC's chief political anchor is beyond me. But he asked her, do you, th do you think America's a racist country? She said, quote, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, which this is a woman that compared our ICE officers to the KKK and said, do you, do you see how there could be a perception of that? She is a part of a party that uses race to get anything and everything passed, uses race to scare people, uses race to threaten people. Now she says, I don't think America is a racist country. What a joke. She says, but we also do have to speak about the truth of our racism in our country and its existence today. Again, and Senator Tim Scott pointed this out last night. Racism is not a problem in this country. The most racist people are the left, are the Democrats. And by the way, I, I, I never finished my point on Joy Reid, but doesn't she sound awfully jealous of Senator Tim Scott and all of his success? And, and, and said that his speech out could have been given by a Senator Tom Cotton, who, by the way, is a white guy. She said it was a it was a, a, a speech that was a had a target audience of a of a white male Republican. I'm like Senator Tim Scott's speech had nothing to do with that. It talked about unity. It talked about looking at people not for the color of their skin, but looking at them as Americans. You should. I don't know how, and, and the left will never understand this, but I think you in this audience understand this. This is what the left does. They use race to get their way. They divide. They polarize. They politicize. They don't care about the American people. They care about getting power. They will use race. They will use uh, uh uh, demographics, they will use socioeconomic, they'll use anything in their power to ensure that they have just that power. Um, now, like I said, you had Joe Biden, he was like the, uh, with his shirt, where, oh, up, up, looking through his suit, uh, uh, and, and then he said, when he couldn't find his mask, right, says, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. It's like, Joe, you're vaccinated. And, and by the way, last night, Everyone that was in the House chamber is all vaccinated. I'm telling you right now, you would probably see a 10% increase, 10 to 15% increase in the amount of people that got vaccinated if there, if Joe Biden said, once you get vaccinated, you can take the mask off. Now, I think we should have our masks off as ready, uh, already, but I, you know, private companies still want you to wear the mask. Listen, I, I totally get it. But I think that will go away if we had a president that would say, and and Donald Trump, if Donald Trump was president right now, which again, do you think I'm ever going to believe Joe Biden got 81 million votes? Don't say that too loud, though. The liberals go crazy. But if Donald Trump was president right now, we would not still be wearing these masks. We really wouldn't. I truly believe that. Uh, and now, now, this was sort of alarming today. Biden was heckled uh, as he was doing this uh, uh, drive-in rally uh, in, in Duluth, uh, Georgia, near Atlanta, by the way. Um, and he had a heckler who said, quote, end detention now, end detention now. And then Biden said, well, we'll give you a microphone. He goes, communities, not prisons. And then, and then this is what he gets to, right? Abolish ICE, abolish ICE. Biden responded 
by saying this. Now, if you're an ICE officer or an agent, border agent, think about the President of the United States saying this about you and your occupation. I and remember we're talking about abolishing ICE here. Go goes away. Open borders. I agree with you. I'm working on it, man. Give me another five days. And I said, folks, you all know what they're talking about. There should be no private prisons, period. None, period. That's what they're talking about. Private detention centers where there's allegations of sexual assault going on there, Joe. Well done. They should not exist and we're working to close all of them, says Joe. How can anyone have confidence in this guy? That's what I want to know. Because this guy here wants to destroy our country. That's the goal of the Democrat Party. Abolish ICE. I agree with you. I'm working on it. Joe Biden wants to abolish ICE. He told us that today. That is a fact. And his speech, right, which which 85% uh, of the country loved and agree with, right? Yeah, it only drew 26.9 million viewers. But wait, this guy got 81 million votes. He's the most popular president ever. President Biden's first speech to a joint session of Congress drew 26.9 million viewers. That audience was a roughly 43.6% drop from the approximately 47.7 million who tuned into former President Trump's first address to members of the House and Senate in 2017. Well, there you go, Joe. Again, remember, this is the same Joe Biden who got 81 million American people to vote for him. I mean, I, 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 you can see what Donald Trump did wrong, right? He should have campaigned further for the people who are up at three in the morning who stuffed the ballots. Or he should have campaigned more in the graveyards and the cemeteries. Should have campaigned more for the dead people who voted in the election. But remember, there was no fraud. It was the safest election ever. 81 million votes for Joe Unity. That in itself, that's a joke.